Session two with Tony Nash and Plugged and Unplanned, and I have Isabella Villani here. Her book, Transform Customer Experience, How to Achieve Customer Success and Create Exceptional CX. And she is a woman in demand at the moment with 20 employees, started seven years ago without even starting a business. It kind of sounds like she just kind of flicked her LinkedIn profile to say, I do this, and she's never looked back. It's quite amazing when you think about it that um, that you just hit the um, you you hit the temperament of the market right then and there when people were really demanding or asking or of themselves and and uh, I guess um, part of their mission for their customers they were they were saying this is a priority for us. How how does it feel to have accomplished so much in such a short time? Actually, it's so funny. Someone asked me that. I haven't even celebrated the book by having a formal book launch, and I haven't, because I seem to do something and then move on to the next thing and the next thing. So sometimes I sit back and, yeah, I hear people complain about what they do and they hate their job and, you know, you have a glass of wine with friends and it's wow, 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 wow. And I'm like, I'm really lucky. I love what I do. And I made a decision to start my business seven years ago and I haven't looked back. So it's been, yeah, I just think that I'm really lucky and I'm really privileged to do what I love doing every day and to work with really amazing people. So, you know, my clients, my customers are fantastic. Like I enjoy going to see them and helping them and working with them and, you know, partnering with them and working collaboratively to achieve great results for them. But I do look back and celebrate their results, ironically, mm-hmm. and help them celebrate and help them acknowledge, you know, CX is a journey, so you need to celebrate the wins along the way, yet I'm just like full steam ahead. So you mentioned before in the last session about that you've got, you've got to make sure that your business is doing amazing customer experience. That's That means that you must feel very much in the spotlight at all times. I guess it must like be being on stage and being an actor when the lights go up and everyone's everyone's looking at you. Do you do you feel that or do you feel do you feel like you're under pressure there or or is it just simply um, that you are doing the thing that you do well and therefore it just you're not you're you're not scrutinizing yourself as you, as you go along the way or you, do you operate in a very mindful way of I mean, you must be doing things better today than you did seven years ago because you're constantly re-evaluating how you approach. Yeah, I'm very mindful about what I do. I understand the impacts of what I, what we do. Having said that, I I know it's the right thing to do, so I don't doubt it or consider it. And I and I think that you know part of being on any journey and running your own business because when you start your own business, there isn't a book you read that gives you all the answers. Um, and so it's just acknowledging what you do really well um, and acknowledge, you know, where your areas are for improvement or where you need support from other people to help you with where your development areas are. Um, the biggest thing I noticed, I rebranded um, oh, probably three years ago now, four years ago now, and it attracted so much interest in the market. And I was really surprised to go, who even cares? But, but people commented on the logo and the website and all these other things. And, yeah, so I actually didn't realise until then that people were almost following me. And even now, 
you know, I've had people walk up to me, um, you know, at conferences or even in the city going, oh, are you Isabella Lavalani? Because I follow you on LinkedIn and I read your posts and I go, you know, when you say that you read my posts, it makes me feel very grateful that you do, but also makes me feel like I am doing the right thing and it's worth my time and my investment into thinking of articles to write or writing our newsletter um, and taking that time out if it's valued and appreciated. So, um, yeah, so no, it just sort of naturally comes to me, but I'm always curious of doing things better because I'm helping clients look at ways of doing things better. So I am my worst critic by far. Mm. Is that easy to do or do you, because you're constantly um, analysing the quality of your own output, can you enjoy it at least? I love what I do, so I enjoy what I do, and I realized a long time ago, you're not going to get everything done. Mm -hmm. So by 5 o'clock on a Friday, there's still going to be things on that to-do list for the next week. So I've learned best effort, and as long as your heart's in it and you're coming from pure intent, you can only do whatever you can do. Mm -hmm. Wise advice. So what's um, what's on the horizon then for you and your company and, and the book or what? What's the next 12, 24 months? More of the same or is there some new things that you're looking at? Um, We do review what we're doing in our service offering um, to match what the market is doing and demands. So I think now, because it's seven years in, I'm kind of just know what I'm doing. I'm happy to grow if it's the right thing to do, but I'm sort of led by the market and what I really like doing. So I suppose it's just to make sure that, I think my whole, I suppose my judgment and my assessment on things is do I still love what I'm doing? And I ask myself that and are, are customers happy and is this what we're doing? So in the horizon, growth, yes. Um, travel, um, ideally, both personally and professionally. Um, I wouldn't mind doing more of the speaker um, engagements because I really, really realise I love talking to people, helping people. And I've realised when you conduct speaker engagements, you're doing it en masse. So you're able to touch and influence a lot more people than just working one-on-one with clients. So that particularly interests and motivates me. So, I mean, I do a lot of public speaking as well. Well, not a lot, but um, enough. And I guess it's a bit different when I go up and I'm talking about entrepreneurship. I'm really just trying to inspire people to take that leap and if that's what they believe in. But in your case, it's almost like, well, I don't need to do any advertising. I, I'm just going to speak in front of a thousand people over the next month, and out of that, you're going to get clients out of out of that work as well. Surely, yes, definitely. Um, but the other thing about the speaker engagements is um, you want to give back something to um, the world, and I know that sounds a bit hippie-ish, but I suppose being a speech pathologist, the reason why I was attracted to that was I wanted to make a positive difference to difference to people's lives so I believe if I help organizations improve their customer experience I will in effect help people have a better life a better experience so somehow I can influence that even if I'm not directly doing that anymore so I think that that's something that really drives and motivates me Mm. so I've got to ask you and I don't want to give anything too much away in the book but come on What are some of the war stories? What are the like, oh, my God, I saw this? Or probably more interestingly, you know, this is where we started. I work, you don't have to name the companies, of course. But we started with this and, my God, we got to hear, like, are there any kind of really cool, interesting 
um, stories you can share about what what you've witnessed? Yeah, um, I'm just trying to think of ones that are not going to give away the company names. So just give me a second. I mean, um, if you've got the company names in here anyway. No, no, I haven't. I've even changed the industries, so there's no way they could um, relate back um, to the particular organisation. Um, I think the biggest thing that you look at with customer experience or a CX strategy is where it actually shifts the whole organisation. So, for example, we worked with an organisation, and it is a big brand. You would know the brand, and their customer experience wasn't great, but most importantly, their staff morale and their staff experience was terrible. Um, you know, they were really passionate deep down to do a really good job to impact customer experience, but there just wasn't enough of them. They didn't have the right technology and they didn't have the right focus on the business to be able to do their job and do it well. So in that particular instance, we did that CX maturity assessment that I told you and you know, you don't have me in a room if you can't handle the truth or my version of the truth. And we were very blunt around, you know, you can turn around and say you've got capability issues with your staff and I, you may, but you're not empowering them, you're not training them, you're not giving them enough time, they're being dragged from pillar to post. That for me was extremely rewarding because we've done ongoing work with them. And just to see, um, you know, you're walking into an organisation, sometimes, Tony, you can just feel this vibe like, you know, it's so thick and heavy and people are miserable and they're not smiling and they're scared because you're watching them. So are you watching them because you're going to restructure and they're going to lose their job? Um, or are you watching them because you're going to tell them off, you know, and you have that real feel about it. And just seeing the change of that where it's lighter, brighter, there's less um, unplanned leave, so less people taking sickies pretty much because they hate coming to work. And you can see, you know, um, lower attrition rates because people are staying and, and when they're moving on, they're moving on within the organisation because they've been mentoring and developed and they want to stay with that company. So that's something that I think is really important. And also, if I told you the company, it would make sense because they've really changed the marketing customer experience in regards to a larger customer base and more diverse offering both via their products and their channels and you can see them change in all different aspects, and that for me is really rewarding. Um, a not so good story um, is probably clients or like my clients who just at a board level, there's no interest, and you've got these really motivated people and passionate people in pockets within the organization, and they're trying to fly the CX flag up the flagpole but it just doesn't get anywhere and it's a real shame that boards don't have that view about we're here for our customers and we've really got to have a customer focus because we're going to be left behind and they're the ones sounds horrible we have clients that are really motivated and strategic and give get us on board and then you've got the other ones who are calling you they're dialing triple zero they're ringing you because they're on the front page of the paper or the board has said what on earth is going on you know you've lost sales blah 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 please explain so they're the companies that are challenging because they're the ones that want those quick wins really fast and that are going to make a huge impact and often they're the ones that just the basics are really broken and they need to really stabilize before they optimize before they innovate but they really want to innovate but they can't because they're they're not ready and or they're not mature enough to do that 
So that for me is hard sort of communicating that message to them to go, mm, you may get there or let's do a, you know, a three stage or a three year or a five year strategy where you'll eventually get to where you want to be, but you're not going to get there by your next board meeting. So that's often a challenge. So, so if you, I assume you have, if you actually said blank, cold to their face, I'm sorry, we cannot work with you because of your attitude or because I mean, you're probably more polite because you're in CX. You would never say that, but you're you're saying no to them. Look, I don't think we can work with you with the current value system you have. How does? How They're do you... the ones where you just put in a no bid, <laughs> right? Or you just say, "I'm really sorry." We're too busy. What you'll look like, what you're wanting to deliver on, mm-hmm. um, isn't um, suitable, or I don't think you've got the budget or the appetite to actually change. You need to think about what you're doing. And the other thing is CX needs to be front of mind for them. Or if you ask a CEO what's keeping you up at night, you want the CEO to say, I want to make sure I'm delivering a great customer experience or anything around that real customer-centric focus, that it's not fear-based. It's just I'm thinking about how we can do things better, faster, more efficiently. The biggest factor or the biggest driver of customer experience is ease. You make it easy for customers to do business with you and they will stay. And sometimes the best customer experience is nothing at all because often if you think about it, you only probably call your bank or your energy retailer most of the time if something's wrong. You've got a high bill or something's happened or you change your credit card and you need to change your direct debit. So to tell marketers, stop annoying your customers. They maybe don't want to hear from you or if you're going to interact with them in social media, that's their dance space. So make sure whatever content you're driving in that channel is something that's meaningful and personalized to your particular customers than just annoying them reminding them you exist so they're going to remember that they're going to get quotes to leave you at the end of their term Mm. so that's really important in my mind so that's interesting so therefore given all of the work that you're doing and people are listening today and they're probably asking that question are there uh, i mean they can read your book and if they read your book can they do some of the work internally? Like yes. There's there's some things they can actually get going and get and how much does your book cost? It's not that much. No, it's twenty nine ninety five. You should know you sell it. I know, but we discount so much, so I can't. Yeah. I don't know what how, what we've discounted to at the moment. You have so. discounted that. I looked last night before I came in. Yes, it's a good time to buy it. Yeah, buy it from Booktopia. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> As, no, just buy it. That's what we want them to do. Um, so for less than 30 bucks, people can get going. I mean, yeah, yeah. I've got some testimonials on my website and I've actually picked the ones where people have said, I've run a customer journey mapping workshop um, using your book and I used your template or it's so practical, I've already been able to use it. So um, the readability is of high school graduate um and I was very mindful when I wrote it. I want anyone to read it. So, you know, if you're running a small business and you're quiet, you can read it on the side. So it should take about the average person about four hours to read. 
So if you're traveling, you can read it on an aeroplane. Um, and the point of it is it's easy to read and there's definitely things in there you can take away and you can look at. So for example, if you want to look at customer experience reporting and metrics, so you can start building your business cases in there is templates and samples of what sort of data you might want to collect or monitor to look at if you're going to do something, how much change are you having? Therefore, are you having, is it moving in the right direction and what sort of data do you want to gather? And maybe don't waste money asking customers for their feedback by running focus groups or harassing them with, you know, surveys and whatever. But look at what data have you got internally that's going to tell you the same story that's going to save you a lot of money and time. So it's not about spending money as well. It's about being more smart and considered about what you use or resources, whether it's finance or people or technology. You must... I, I'm suspecting, and I'm interested to hear your answer on this. A lot of the time, people might think CX is like, have a nice day, you know, like the typical American, well, I'm really generalizing here, but that very um, happy um, standard, have a nice day, or thank you for your, thank you f- for, for staying with us, or whatever the, whatever the, the authenticity of the person obviously is important and anyone with this fake or this is what you say when you're leaving the airplane, mm. um, this is what you say when so you buy a cup of coffee, this is what you say when you when you pay your bills or what and, and that American which they did over fifties, sixties, seventies, they really um, stamped their their claim on on being uh, at least engaged with the customer mm. i actually find it personally if it's not authentic um almost um it just blows over me but if someone is genuinely present and and there but that's just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to cx obviously mm-hmm. but is that what most people think? Like when they think customer experience is like just saying thank you, have a nice day? Yes, they think customer experience is like customer service and they think about the have a nice day. They don't think behind the have a nice day to go, we put the customer at the centre of everything we do. And then to understand what the customer experience is like, we're going to walk in their shoes, we're going to develop personas and we're going to develop customer journey maps and we're going to look at how customers interact with our business. Once we understand it from their perspective, it's like a duck floating on the water. As a customer, we see the duck floating above the water. We don't see the feet moving and the mechanics of how that happens and an x-ray of the body and all of that and it's dodging weeds and everything else. But behind that and under that, have a nice day is really clear and consistent optimised processes, eliminating processes that are just unnecessary for the client and don't make sense for your customers. It's having the right um, training and development for your people. So they know what else to say other than have a nice day and they can actually help you and do the best they can to do their job and 
be able to complete your inquiry or, you know, if you've called or you've emailed in one go rather than you ringing back and forth. It's about having continuous improvement to go out of our customer journey maps. We've cringed at the journey today and we've developed our our customer journey of what we want it to look like in the future. So here's our list of things and initiatives that we want to do to improve customer experience. It's then having ownership, ownership of the channel, the process. If you don't have ownership, you don't have accountability. So you then have a really good understanding of who owns the customer, who owns the customer experience, who owns the channels that these customers interact with. And I can chat to you more about what I think about customer channels in a sec. And it's also the technology. The technology isn't we base so many organisations, and this is a lesson learned, will base their customer experience around the technology and what it can deliver rather than the technology being seen as an enabler. And then around that, we've got our channels, our operating model to support that, our reporting and our metrics and going, right, do we need to ask our customer surveys or what levers do we know in an organisation will tell us whether or not we've got a good customer experience? So, for example, with Booktopia, how many people will... Um, buy a book online versus how many people will terminate the transaction somewhere along that journey for whatever reason. Um, How long are they taking to do that? Um, Are they going to you and then going back? Like how much information do we know about our customer so we can really get a really good understanding of their journey and qualify some of the stuff and quantify some of the stuff I've mentioned to you earlier. That's behind that have a nice day. Mm. So I can leave you all on that have a nice day because we are at the end of session two but we're going to come back shortly and we're going to talk about channels thanks thanks for listening to the booktopia podcast don't forget to subscribe to us on soundcloud and itunes and if your eyeballs need a workout check us out on youtube at booktopia tv and don't forget for all books featured on this episode and all episodes of the booktopia podcast head to booktopia Australia's local bookstore at www.booktopia.com.au. Thanks for listening.